This is a Crib Room podcast. Core Components, bringing you industry news, views, and happenings. Another Crib Room podcast for you, and thanks for joining us for this one. We're catching up with Aaron Wilson. Now, Aaron joins us from Maintenance Technique, or MT Underground. You can check out their website for all the details, mtunderground.com. But they're based in South Australia, and they're not too far away from the wineries. Bit of a jovial chat with Aaron at times, but he gives us a bit of a rundown of MT Underground and what's happening as we move forward and even the mining that occurs around South Australia. We start off our chat with Aaron talking about, believe it or not, the weather. Actually pretty sunny, mate. Yeah, it's it's a good good change for the minute. So, yeah, thanks for having us. Now, mate, give us a bit of an overview, first of all, of maintenance technique. Tell us a bit more on the story of the business. Yeah, um, well, Gav was probably the main uh, driver of it years back. Uh, great mind for wanting to, you know, make a lot of changes and, and sick of, you know, fixing the same problem all the time. And, you know, so he came up with a few things, uh, custom parts for underground drill rigs, you know, was doing a bit of labour here and there. Um, and then slowly, you know, just saw a, an opportunity for um, a bit of a market in what we're doing, you know, like making really niche um, upgraded parts, you know, to help just keep the uh, production and development drilling, you know, to a, a low cost and and while lasting a lot longer. So it's been it's been a good journey, you know. They've been doing it for over ten years, and Luke come on board um, probably three four years ago, I think now, and um, you know really strengthened the, the electrical side of the business. Um, yeah, and we're just. Yeah, it's become a really well-rounded business in the past 10 years. The Gav you referred to is Gav Cunningham, who's uh, has helped put everything together. And where does your role fit in, in in working with these two lads as well? Yeah, look, it's been um, it was it was been interesting. So I sort of come on board with uh, about you know, three years ago. Um, they sort of thought I might have a different skill set to what they did to try and push the business forward. And um, it's been good. You know, we do complement each other. Um, you know, I've got Luke in the electrical side of things and he's he's really switched on training courses. You know, Gav, he, he likes being out and about and, you know, with the customers and, you know, very, very technical savvy and, and helps. He's pretty much the main driver for our research and development. Um, so when he had uh, 12 months off fishing, he'd be telling a lot of other people that he was doing work, but he wasn't. <laughs> um, it was really good to get him back because we could see a bit of a hole in the business. Um, yeah, so then I'm just trying to really drive from the background, yeah, and then keeping customers happy. Just with that, I want to talk about your auditing process because things are—it's it's a pretty different business model that you've got here. But covering off things like the auditing process here, this is pretty comprehensive for your clients. These facts and the figures that you give to your clients—can you give us a bit of an overview of how you go about that? Yeah, look, I mean, we've got a lot of guys in the field now that have had lengthy exposure to you know the the industry. Um, so when we try and go to new sites or and, and people that we are, you know, selling a few things to, we like to back it up with on-site presence, you know. Um, South 32's been really good for us. Um, we've got a few guys out there back-to-back and really trying to help them, you know, with uh, lengthy auditing. You know, we uh, our reports we give after our jobs are done are just second to none, you know. So we go in there, you know, we find some problems. We're not trying to highlight anybody that's doing things wrong just maybe might be able to try a few different things to, you know, increase longevity of the machine and the parts and, you know, and keep the cost down. Because that's, in, in this environment as now, you know, cost is, it's, it can potentially, you know, really hurt a, um, a small business. So to, to help them along the way 
and the bigger customers, it's um, it's really well rounded process. So um, the audits that we do, you know, they just from top to tail. You know what they're doing in their scheduling of servicing, the intervals of changing parts. Um, you know, so it's yeah, it's it's been really valuable to us. And the data, I suppose the data is the main important key here. You know, you go back probably when you started in the industry, Aaron, which, believe it or not, was not that long ago. Um, but you, you you come across all the data and, and the performance of the machines now. It's so vital to almost making sure that it's at the nth particular degree, isn't it? Yeah, look, it is. And, and you know, and, and every different site has different, you know, needs and wants. And some people, you know, are more data-driven and, you know, it's it's just down to the customer really and what they want. We try and tailor it to suit that. So, you know, if it's looking for a cost per meter, you know, that'll be our driver in that. Or they're looking for more utilisation, you know, availabilities, you know, okay, well, we need to go down a different route. So, yeah, it's sort of a bit of a an overview of, you know, how they do everything and then we try and tailor it to suit each customer. And tell us a bit about your customers as well and some of those things that you've got on the go at the moment. Tell, I mean, you mentioned South 32 just a couple of minutes ago was probably a, 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 is a bit of a big one for you, but uh, some of those other customers that are around, you don't have to name them by, by name or by site, but um, you know, what sort of work have you got on the go? Yeah, look, I mean, we've constant, uh, we've got a, obviously another parts facility in Kalgoorlie that we set up out there to really support our Kalgoorlie base, which has been massive for all the clients out there been able to ring up and just say you know like we've got a lot of stuff on the shelf you know very readily available um and then the east west uh, east coast um that's you know that's been massive for us as well so we've got a really good spread of customers um you know so big small it doesn't really matter you know they all get looked after the same we you know we would just want to keep keep them drilling keep them happy and keep the cost down I suppose if you keep them drilling, then they're keeping on keeping on with your business as well, mate, which is what we're after. Uh, that's right, mate. Consuming parts and buying more. <laughs> no, no, look, and that, that is that is a, a part of it. But, you know, we, we really do pride ourselves on how we look after our customers, you know. And we just had a customer, um, a few little issues with it. We just uh, sent out a bit of commissioning, but boom, straight out, you know, fixing little things and just how you respond to it, I think, is the big key. Mm. Training courses, you've gone into this sort of direction more recent times, but these have been pretty valuable for you, haven't they? Yeah, look, they have. I think um, the, the exposure to it, we can, we can tell someone over the phone what we do and, you know, really, like when they come in here and they get to see our facility and, and you know, see what we can do internally. And I think the lucky thing for us what, and what they can see is, you know, we're very self-sufficient. So in this time that it is now, um, you know, the training courses obviously not going to happen as much now because of, you know, the, the distancing measures. So we've um, postponed a couple. But, yeah, we've got two two trainers now. Um, Crackers has been the main guy doing it for a long time. Um, probably could do it in his sleep now. Uh, Gordo, who's come on board, um, he's brilliant. You know, like really good skill set as well. He lost six months of his life trying to get his ticket to do this. But I think it was down to him not being quite capable of the course. But, look, we'll just leave that there. Um, but no, it's, it's good, mate. And, you know, they come in five days, staying up in the brossa, you know, and they get some really great, um, 
great uh, overall knowledge of the machine and the systems and yeah it's it's really well, well worthwhile a great opportunity also for people to improve their skill sets too when it comes to your maintenance schedules and techniques what's some of the great advice you've got out there for people who are the end user wanting to get the most out of their machines or you know you're listening to the, the maintenance supervisors are tuned into these podcasts at the moment too mate what, what's some of those things that you'd like to pass on to to give some advice to people to help get more run life Oh, mate, like I said, every every customer's different, you know, like obviously, you know, daily servicing, we, we know that's just, it's pretty much the key to any longevity in machines, you know, and and just doing doing what they do well, you know, like it's just fixing little problems now, planning your backlogs, you know, like having the parts to be able to do it. And that's where we come in and try and help, you know, with a quick supply, a quick turnaround so they can get that stuff fixed quicker. And then, you know, the flow on of problems doesn't happen, you know. So a small problem might, you know, not have a part, whatever, it leaves a week. And then the flow on of that is, you know, it, it's bloody bugger and other things as well. So just to talk us a bit more about, I know you, you put your training sessions on hold for the COVID-19 epidemic that's going on at the moment, or parademic, uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk us through pandemic. Have, pandemic. You, been, have you been drinking, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Only coffee, mate, and it's still nine o'clock in the morning when we're recording this. Um, talk us through some of those other business adaptions that you've had to make with coronavirus, because no doubt getting on site is is probably a little tougher, or not so much tougher, but uh, there's a, a lot more strict regime about that. Yeah, there, there is, mate, and that was probably our biggest challenge as a group, I think, straight away was, um, you know, we've got a lot of guys flying east, west coast, um, so we ended up making a bit of a um, decision with the board and saying, well, just get everyone back to their home states, um, you know, and we've, we've been able to keep everyone working, which, you know, in this environment is is a massive thing, you know, uh, so they're just going to try and service some local clients for a while. Um, you know, a lot might be longer rosters, you know, everyone's having to adapt at the moment. And, and I think now's the time too, you know, when, um, you know, customers and people, they, they stand up and, and look at seeing what you're trying to do to help them keep running as well, you know? So yeah, it's, um, it's been tricky, but I think we're, we're on the better side of it at the moment. And that's a good opportunity too, because you've obviously got those training courses that are, have been quite fruitful for you so far. So the, the quicker you can get those back up and running and get back into the market, it's always a good thing. But you just say that to pretty much anyone that's that's going through their own uh, effective measures at the moment. Yeah, it is, and it was a it was a bloody tough decision to be honest, because we we looked at ways we could try and pull it off, but mate, the risk really outweighed the reward. I think in the end, because um, we, we didn't want to expose anyone, because you know, like. Who knows at the moment? We just got to reduce the risk, and then the more, most disappointing thing was, you know, these guys that have been looking forward to it and promised it, and part of retention of employment for being a good employee. Um, you know, that was probably the biggest you know, kick in the guts, I suppose, was not getting them able to come. Mm. The Roseworthy facility, mate. Just talk us through that because I've seen a couple of things that have been going on there: some rebuilds of machines and some some different items that you've been up to there, mate. What are you capable of in that facility? Yeah, mate, and it's been really good, actually, you know, how we've grown of late. And um, we've got a rebuild going on for a good customer of ours at the moment. And then, you know, we've locked in hopefully another one for later in the year. Um, yeah, so, you know, we've got that. And just our, our new parts, you know, that we're trying to supply to the, the customers has been a big big driver for us, you know, in the last probably 18 months. Um, so, yeah, look, and like I said, we're, we're very self-sufficient. Um, you know, but what comes into play now, you can be the most capable business in Australia, but 
if you don't have the supply from the rest of the world, um, you know, within steel and all the rest of it, um, starts to get a bit more tricky and just, just a lot more planning has to go into what we're trying to do. I'm a pretty big fan of uh, having a look at what you can do, mate. And the MTL6C, that uh, rebuild that you managed to take care of and the, the components which were designed and all built in-house at, uh, at Rosewear, that's, that's been pretty remarkable too, hasn't it? You, you've got a good relationship with some of those suppliers, don't you? Yeah, yeah, mate. No, it is good. And, you know, and, and look, we um going from strength to strength, you know, with the guys we've sort of, we've got on board now. And, and the last rebuild we did for a, uh, you know, really good customer ours went out looking a million bucks. You know, if you see it, there's polar opposites from when it come in. And, and, and as any business, we'll be trying to do the same. But we really pride ourselves on our rebuilds. You know, it's um it's just what we do. And like I've said, it, it's pretty corny, but we just do it well, you know, and, and that's, that's probably the biggest thing too because we get a lot of options to try and um, dibble and dabble into other machines and markets but it's it's just not our core business you know we just there's no point trying to take over the world doing everything just keep in house and doing what you do and just yeah just keep doing it bloody well you're based in wa for a long time mate getting into south australia now what's the market like there in terms of mining um i'm pretty minimal in terms of knowledge but is there some big projects that are planned through south australia uh, did you say the wineries? Yes, there is a lot of wineries <laughs> here, mate. Um, very, very different. <laughs> to be, um, for anybody to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working in the mining industry. Where are you at? Oh, in the Barossa. Uh, but that's the wine sector. So, yeah, it is a bit different. But, no, nah, it's been brilliant, mate. Um, really good change over here. Um, yeah, but the the mining side of things, uh, Capitina's come on pretty hard. You know, that's that's big for a lot of um, lot of people down this way. And BHP's always a... You know, one to um, it's they're a massive, massive machine up there. So, you know, we do a little bit for them, try and help them out where we can, and and failing that, you know, like it's obviously we just we work around Australia to you know, so it's only a main hub for our manufacturing here and rebuilds and bits and pieces, and yeah. What's your favourite machine to work on, Aaron? Uh mate, to be completely honest, it'll be my keyboard at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh. <laughs> I'm wearing them out pretty quickly these days, and uh, yeah, the um, the old seat's getting to work out too. So I might have to start getting a treadmill in here. <laughs> Maintenance technique. We're catching up with Aaron Wilson, who's the operations manager, giving us a bit of a spill on the business and also where the where the market's at at the moment, also in South Australia too. Uh, but underground drill reliability and talk to them about the training courses. Uh, it's pretty vital to be able to be brought up to speed with your skill set, and you'll be able to do that with maintenance technique. They are based in the Barossa. How close is the nearest winery, Aaron? Uh, oh, geez, probably 10, 15 down the road, if that, mate. Metres? <laughs> oh, no, not that. No, we get no work done. <laughs> you can find out more details at mtunderground.com. Aaron, thanks very much for your time and thanks for joining us in the crib room. Nah, too easy, mate. Appreciate it. The Crib Room series of podcasts are produced by Industry Link Media. Subscribe to podcasts via your audio platform and via industrylinkmedia.com. This is a Crib Room podcast.